Welcome everyone to another podcast from Sessions by SE. I'm your host, Aaron, and today we have a really interesting topic to discuss about, and it's all about extracurriculars. The first term was super fun, like I love meeting everybody, but it felt like there was like a hole in my life. Like extracurriculars like gave me meaning in high school, and they were the things that I really enjoyed doing. Um, if it's like tech-focused, you know, getting skills for jobs is a big part of it. That's why for me in first year, I went for a lot of student design teams is because I wanted to get that technical experience to help me get co-ops. Joining us today is Catherine from SE 2020 and Corbin from SE 2021. Thank you both for joining me on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Great to be here. Before we get into any of like the deep questions about extracurriculars and why you joined them, I just wanted to get like a little bit of a, an overview of the extracurriculars that you've participated in, as well as the roles that you've taken on. Um, Catherine, why don't you start? I guess to just quickly summarize, I've had the opportunity to do lots of different extracurriculars throughout university, both things that are like formally with the university as an organization and also outside of that, but with UW students. I started off joining Hack the North, um, which is Canada's biggest hackathon, which is run by students um, in the Waterloo region. I joined that in first year um, as an organizer and then later on went on to um, co-direct the event, actually one year co-directing with Corbin. And uh, at the same time, I also started doing some more like musical um, ensembles. So I joined the UW Chamber Choir, um, which is with the music department for uh, several terms. And then also some other things with the software engineering program as well. So most of you listening probably know about the Software Engineering Society. Um, so once that was started in like 2018, 2019-ish, um, I was one of the first um, exec members as their VP events. Um, and before that I used to run a lot of like random SE events, like class dinners, resume critiques, like what have you, before there was a, a whole organization, uh, as well as other things like um, running the Women in SE community group and um, helping out with mentorship programs like on campus and other conferences. Oh, I also did acapella for a term. Wow, that's that's quite a lot. What about you, Corbin? Yeah, so similar to Catherine, um, one of my major extracurricular uh, activities during university has been Hack the North. Similar to Catherine as well, I was co-director for that for two years. Um, besides that, I've also been fairly heavily involved in engineering ambassadors. Um, so everything from doing tours to um, chatting with students virtually now that we can't do tours in person. And then some other ones that I've been involved with to a lesser extent was EngSoc, so just the Engineering Society. I was a class rep as well as a director. And then I also joined Watonomous for two terms on the perception team. I've also been a part of a couple of other student design teams um, just for like a single term, all of which was sort of part of, a, part of an adventure at the very beginning of my undergrad to try and find something I was passionate about. And that, that ended with Hack the North, although I also found some other things to get involved with after that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, let's start at the beginning of the journey. Um, how exactly did you find the differences between high school extracurriculars and university extracurriculars? Because for me, I found university extracurriculars were a lot more structured and they were fun. What are your takes on that? That's a good question. In general, I found they were a little bit similar because I think my school in particular was very, very extreme with extracurriculars. Like it was known as a school that just went really, really hard. Like there's so many students were involved and the types of extracurriculars that we did, they tend to be very uh, involved as well. And so for me, I found like the, the bigger difference was just that university, it's a lot more freeform and it's a lot, um, 
it's a lot more driven by the students often because there's no like restrictions. Like you're not really required to show up to school at any point. Um, there's like a huge variety of different students and different programs that people are involved in. So I think the breadth and like um, choices in extracurriculars are also much greater. Um, and often the things that you can accomplish in a university um, extracurricular, they tend to be like on a much bigger scale. Whereas I find the high school things used to, um, they used to be focused or they, I guess, are um, generally more focused on your local community, unless you're participating in like competitions and like bigger conferences and stuff like that. Um, so as an example, like the design teams at the university, they all compete on a pretty like intense level, like spending a lot of time building all of these different um, projects out. And they also compete in like really big competitions, right? Whereas in high school, that is also the case, but um, it's more rare for it to be like on such a big scale. In general, it tended to be a little bit more professional, also generally focused more on like real world skills, because this is a point where everybody's really focused on like, how do I get a job? Like, this is when I actually need to learn how to do things in the real world. Whereas in high school, it's like, how do I get into university? Like, what are the things which I can use to um, to demonstrate that I'm involved in like part of the community and stuff like that? Right, right. Corbin, what are your thoughts on this? I would echo a lot of what Catherine said, I think. The first thing that popped into my mind when you asked this question is just the the structure, I guess. In high school, for me, like all of the extracurriculars pretty much were sort of like overseen by a teacher or a group of teachers. Maybe you had some student leadership, but for the most part, it was like fairly well-defined already. And you were kind of just put into a role where you had a certain function to execute. In university, uh, it's pretty rare to have clubs that are like overseen by professors or anything like that. And generally speaking, the level of responsibility and leadership that that you get as a student participating in that is quite a bit higher. And so I think, you know, from the involvement standpoint, I, I found that I got quite a bit more on that front out of my extracurriculars in university, just because it's sort of like you're on your own more so, right? You don't have the, the oversight of of a teacher that like, you know, if, if you actually are about to do something stupid, they would stop you. <laughs> yeah. Here, it's like, not really. If you're about to do something <laughs> stupid, you lead your club like into a brick wall and yeah. you have to figure out how to deal with that. Yeah. So that that one I definitely resonate with a lot. And as well as the one about like local versus global, I think just the level of the level of stuff that people do in university is sort of by nature more advanced, more technical. People also, as Catherine said, ha- tend to have more time to put into some extracurriculars. Um well actually l- let me clarify that. I don't necessarily mean people have more time for extracurriculars, but because you have more flexibility with your time, there is greater ability to just pour yourself like 110% into an extracurricular. Mm-mm. So oftentimes you'll find that like some people throw themselves 110% into a design team, for example, and like they are in their design team's garage every day of the week, it seems, <laughs> when they're not in class, right? Yeah. Um, and so I feel like you didn't really get that in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, primarily, I guess, because the rest of your life is still structured around your family and like that kind of thing. You're not living on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to address something that you mentioned, Corbin. You talked about how some people are putting in their 110% effort. And Catherine, you mentioned how people really take extracurriculars seriously. So the question I have is, why should someone even join these extracurriculars? What's the reason behind that? I think that there are many reasons why somebody might want to join. Um, for for every individual, it's probably going to be a different reason. Um, and I, I think it's important to identify like, why you should join specifically, not like why people in general should join when you're considering, um, should I pour all this time and energy into this like voluntary role or organization or community? 
I think like one thing that we mentioned was that in university, a lot of the extracurriculars tend to be more technical or they tend to be more focused on like real world skills. So that's certainly one really important aspect of it, especially at the University of Waterloo, because we have so many technical like design teams and things um, that can help you learn like uh, management or leadership skills, right? Like that's definitely one really big value add. For me, that was also one of the reasons that I was really interested in these extracurriculars and it, it ended up being a really um, pivotal thing for my like career. I think some other reasons though are just um, what makes you happy. You'll notice that like in some of my extracurricular experiences, I did things which were like absolutely not related to my career, not related to my program whatsoever. For example, um, the chamber choir and joining acapella, like those are just things that I'm really interested in and things that make me happy. They help to bring some like balance and also some enjoyment of things that I just like really like to participate in. It would also help to kind of give me uh, a release from the typical like tech bubble and the the really like hyper-focused environment that we tend to be in, especially in software where everybody's involved in tech. Oh, and also another thing was just to be part of a community and to make friends. One thing that we mentioned was that in high school, like things tend to be more structured. You have kind of like a space and like a, like a supervisor and people around you um, by requirement, right? Whereas university, like you can do whatever you want. You have the freedom to take initiative or to not do it. Um, and that also can make it harder to make friends, like to be part of a community beyond your own program. In SC, we're lucky to have like a cohort, which kind of becomes like a built-in community for us. But for people who um, still want to seek out like other other friends, like other spaces where they can make friends and feel like they belong, uh, extracurriculars for me has been a really important part of that. And through that, I've been able to meet lots of people who have so many different interests, who like are from so many different programs. Um, and I think those ultimately became some of my my core like groups of friends and like people that I really enjoyed spending time with throughout university. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Totally agree with all that. What about you, Corbin? I, I would start off by sort of like adding on to Catherine's last point there on community. I've always thought that was a pretty big part of, of extracurriculars is just like the people you meet. But as Catherine alluded to, like, especially when you're in more of like a CS tech program, there is definitely a monoculture there where like mm-hmm. a lot of people tend to think the same. They talk about the same things. They do the same things. Everyone like leak codes, <laughs> I don't know, in their spare time or something, whatever the stereotype is. But when you start stepping out of that into especially extracurriculars that are non-technical, not only do you get sort of a wider community, but you also get exposed to a lot of different cultures, right? And I mean that in a very broad sense of the term, but you just get out of the very standard like tech company organization that you might get on your co-ops and that you always hear people talk about in your classes. Um, You meet people who are outside of that. And I I just think it's generally good to sort of expose yourself to a much wider array of of thought patterns if you can. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was always a big reason um, to do extracurriculars, especially coming into engineering, especially coming into a tech program. Another factor, I think for me, and, and this could just be a very personal thing, but maybe it'll resonate with some people. I find that my productivity is roughly proportional to my workload. And basically what I mean by that is like, when I have more things to do, I will also like become more productive to try and get through all of those things. And so that can definitely go, that can definitely be pushed too far in one direction. Yeah. But as a general principle, I think it's helped me because if I don't have that much to do, I get bored pretty easily and I I just don't enjoy my time as much Mm -hmm. versus if I have like clear, well set out goals, things that I'm working toward, especially if it's part of a group that helps motivate me to learn more and do more with my time. Um, So that, that was also pretty important for me. Besides that though, I would just echo what Catherine said again, if it's like tech focused, you know, getting skills for jobs is a big part of it. That's why 
for me in first year, I went for a lot of student design teams is because I wanted to get that technical experience to help me get co-ops. Mm-hmm. On the other side of it, though, it also helps you get out of the monotony of tech if you're in an extracurricular that's not tech related, as I sort of said at the beginning. And I think both of those are totally valid reasons for wanting to pursue extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, um, I wanted to kind of dive into that. So it's kind of clear why the, what like the utility behind going into technical co uh, sorry technical extracurriculars because you know you're you're learning a lot of skills but like the um, benefits of joining say a non technical extracurricular such as Catherine with your chamber choir it's not as obvious so Catherine do you want to kind of elaborate on what your thought process was on trying to go for those things like you mentioned happiness and. Um, I, I am assuming that like arts is a big part of your, your life and you really enjoy that. So do you want to go into more in depth about that? Yeah, for sure. Initially, uh, my thought process was just that these were communities and opportunities that I thought I would enjoy, that I would like mm-hmm. just have fun with. I've always been um, very involved in music and I, I like learned a lot of instruments growing up um, and also participated in a lot of different music groups in school. Like I don't think there was ever a year or a semester that I wasn't involved in some kind of like choir or music group. It's just like been a constant in my life for like many, many years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't see that as something that I wanted to just like stop doing in university. Um, for me, it's always been something that I can balance pretty well, like between doing both school and like academic stuff um, or technical things while having like other musical and other like fun interests. It was also really helpful just to balance like being in software, Um, especially in the first year, like I find uh, the program can become pretty stressful. Like, especially for me, like I didn't have as much like technical experience as a lot of people in the program. And so I was pretty like intimidated or just like stressed out about the whole like first year experience, right? But having something that wasn't tech focused, that like wasn't constantly part of this like high pressure environment was a huge relief for me. And as a place like, even just like the space that we would rehearse in, it was like really beautiful, like chapel and there's like stained glass windows and all this kind of stuff. So I'd kind of go and I would only have to focus on just singing and like being in choir. Um, And it was a really pleasant and just like really fulfilling experience. Like obviously it took time, right? So I was Um, spending like several weeks or several hours per week rather on this but it was something that I felt helped to provide some balance because otherwise it's very easy to become constantly stressed if the only things you're thinking about are just being like in school or trying to look for a co-op and stuff like that and I think it also just like having a like a community it's something that really appealed to me community for me is something that I really value and having like a space where you can meet other people and get to participate in things together it's um a really fulfilling experience. And so I still wanted to continue that in um, in university just because I, I enjoyed it. And there's also other kind of like side benefits to it as well. For sure, for sure. So I actually talked to a few of my friends. Um, that They weren't just in SE, they were from all across uh, University of Waterloo. And in general, many of them just don't participate in extracurriculars. So I asked them like, what, what are your reasons behind that? And many of them mentioned um, like it's too much time and both of you are saying that yeah it is a lot of time but you guys are able to handle it and balance it so what are the strategies that you took to balance all this out and uh, Corbin you you mentioned something very interesting I'd say like slightly contrarian as well like that your productivity actually increases when you have all of these different things on your plate so can you guys tell me more about how you were able to do that Corbin uh, why don't you start yeah so I guess I'll start off just by saying I'm not sure that there's a magic bullet solution. Time management is one of those skills that, yes, you have to work on. And I I think, honestly, extracurriculars do come down to time management. Mm -hmm. 
obviously you want to try and find something that you're passionate about. And if you don't like an extracurricular, like you, you shouldn't try and stay there for too long. But assuming that you really do enjoy it, I think it does sort of come down to just how well you're able to manage your time and how you're able to use that to balance both schoolwork and extracurriculars. I guess one thing for me is, uh, well, I have found it quite important to think about my relative prioritization of schoolwork and extracurriculars. I know that coming into university, I pretty much had the attitude that school would always take precedence over like anything. And as I progressed through undergrad, I realized that that probably was not A, the healthiest attitude, or B, honestly, the most, I guess, beneficial for my own personal growth. So I, I would sometimes, note on sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I would put extracurriculars above schoolwork if it was, if you know, we were really close to a deadline or like there was something really cool going on or if we were close to like a competition deadline, whatever it was. And sometimes that would mean letting my, my school, like my assignments or my grades or whatever slip a little bit. I guess part of my journey was understanding that that was okay as long as you sort of stay in control. Right. And because I always, at least in my mind, it was always a conscious decision to prioritize an extracurricular over schoolwork. I always felt like I had that control and I could go back to just focusing on school if I really wanted to. But Anytime I, I sort of started thinking that way, I would have this conversation with myself, which is sort of similar to what you just asked Catherine, which is like, well, why am I doing the extracurricular in the first place? At this moment, is that more important than, you know, getting 100 on an assignment? Possibly, right? And then I would go forward from there. So, yeah, I guess to summarize, for me, it all boils down to prioritization and understanding that you're allowed to prioritize differently and also just learning time management skills, which is kind of one of those things that you learn by doing. Mm -hmm. Also a much bigger topic than, than I think we have time to adequately address right now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Catherine, do you agree with this? Um, I think Corbin had an interesting uh, idea with like the, re the relative prioritization. Do you do something like that too? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would say, well, actually, Starting from university, um, in my first term ever, I didn't do any extracurriculars. Um, and that was super intentional because I wasn't sure how much time I could spend on it, right? Like, right. if there's any, like, incoming first years watching this or listening to this, rather, it might be, like, a good strategy to, con to consider because um, you never know exactly how challenging or how time-consuming your school academic life is going to be. And so because of that, I kind of took a step back and decided not to do anything. And I realized that the first term was super fun. Like, I love meeting everybody, but it felt like there's like a hole in my life. Like, extracurriculars like gave me meaning in high school, and they were the things that I really enjoyed doing, like, not necessarily like learning chemistry and stuff like that. And so, after that, I resolved to do it because it, it made me happy. And similar to what Corbin was saying about mm -hmm. how like he actually makes time or like is more productive or able to do more when he has more responsibilities and things, that's kind of the same thing for me. And it was also because I don't think like having responsibilities or having things that you're involved in necessarily means that you are definitely more stressed because you have a greater quantity. For a lot of these things, even though they were commitments that I had made, I enjoyed them so much that they were like stress relieving. Like, for example, I mentioned choir, like I would go and I would feel like I was taking a break from everything else. And so it was understanding one, like how much time do I actually have? Um, and that's something that I tried to measure going from one A to one B. Like I saw that I was able to to handle it and it was okay. And so I should try getting involved in things that I want to do, right? That was the first thing. And then the second thing was that I tried to understand what kind of stress this would add to what I, I was already taking on from school. So in certain cases, like you might understand that like this is going to be a big time commitment. So for example, joining Hack the North, 
um, they were very clear when I joined that like this is going to be whatever number of hours per week and it was really fun but like because I had a clear understanding of how much time it would take it allowed me to kind of only take as much as I realistically would be able to do that term and then the third thing is definitely like the prioritization and understanding like how important is this to me and like is this what I want to do so that's that's definitely a really important step because it's really easy to kind of go crazy and try and join a lot of stuff but that can become very overwhelming right and so like it's I think it's pretty important to be honest with yourself and think about like, what is the value of me doing this? Um, Is it worth me like potentially um, not spending as much time on school to invest time in this extracurricular? Like for me personally, a lot of the time the answer for that was yes. Um, But you have to be careful about like Corbin said, like not losing control of that and making sure that you can still manage all of those. And that was a big learning experience for me. I definitely did not do a very good job of it at the beginning. I was like, this is fine. Like I can manage all of these extracurriculars. Um, And then uh, one B happened. And yeah. then I was like, wow, finding a job is actually a lot of work. It's really time consuming. And so being aware of all of those was definitely, um, yeah, definitely a journey for me. Um, but I think overall it, um, it just kind of shows like how important time management is, um, your ability to like fully invest yourself, um, in yourself in these things. It really depends on how well you can manage it and how well you can balance like all these things in your life. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, okay, Corbin, I had a question specifically for you. So we were actually kind of discussing this before, but uh, you're, you've done a lot of different things in uh, your co-ops. Like you've done KP Fellows, uh, which is a unique program for software engineering and product and design. And right now you're even doing like quantum research, right? And at the very su- surface level, it doesn't seem like the extracurriculars that you've participated in, like Hack the North, have like any direct connection to it. I just wanted to explore how, if there are any connections and how they have shaped your uh, co-op experience. Yeah, so I, I mean, I would say there's certainly connections. Um, if, if for no other reason, then Hack the North is a big part of my life and it's a big reason I am who I am now. Mm-hmm. But I'd say probably the most general one and maybe the most subtle is just how I handle responsibility and take ownership at work. I see. And basically... Even when you're on the job, even if it has nothing to do with the extracurricular, right, in this case, like Hack the North, there's a certain mentality that comes with having direct responsibility over a team or over a project that you can get with extracurriculars far easier, I would say, than at work. Because when you're on a co-op, like, you know, in reality, you're at a legit, like, big company that has priorities and has their own profit to make, and they're not going to entrust an intern with, like, something that that gives them too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. You can get that kind of responsibility in extracurriculars though, and you can bring the sort of like the ownership and the drive to do a good job on that to your jobs, even if you're not given that level of responsibility at first. Right. And what I've found is that for, for more perceptive managers, they'll pick up on this um, and they recognize that you can and are willing to take on more responsibility. And sometimes that leads to more opportunities in the workplace as well. Like, could you give an example? Let's see. Actually, probably the easiest example is I I was working at a startup for my third co-op and it it was a relatively small company. I would say this probably applies more to small companies than large ones just because, yeah, you tend to have more responsibility anyway in those kinds of companies. But I was given responsibility over, well, let me back up. At the very beginning, I was working on just a feature as part of a feature team for a client facing dashboard that was like that had various analytics for the product. And there was a PM on that team. And by the end of my internship, the PM had been moved on to a different team. And I was like 
sort of the de facto PM, not really entitled, but oh, like no <laughs> essentially man, like I was the one that started meeting with clients and doing sort of like pseudo user testing, although I didn't know how to do that properly at all back then. I learned <laughs> and, and sort of like taking a, a larger role guiding the direction of that product. I would personally attribute that quite a bit to having demonstrable leadership experience and an extracurricular and just having a certain attitude of wanting to take ownership and wanting to take responsibility mm-hmm. and even just having the guts to like go to your manager and say, hey, look, I, I want more responsibility. Like, can I own a project? And you can point to some of your extracurriculars as evidence for why that might actually be a wise idea on their part, right? Right. So that's one thing, probably the biggest one. The second minor one, I would say, is just kind of building on the community that you get in extracurriculars. Oftentimes, those people, you know, especially if you join an extracurricular when you're younger in first or second year, the people that are with you in that extracurricular are third or fourth years, who have more experience under their belts, who are starting to think about full-time, who maybe have like a a wider view on the program and the industry and just how all of that plays together. And so having good connections with those people is helpful to just sort of like bounce ideas off them about career paths, Mm -hmm. how you feel about your co-ops, even something like how should I negotiate a salary for a co-op, right? Like just having those connections with upper years um, is super helpful for that, for that. Because we're in software, that some of that comes for free because of the cohort system. Yeah. Um, but you can certainly get even more of a network by, by joining extracurriculars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I would say that's definitely helped me as well. Right, yeah. So let's say I'm a student and I have now understood like my motivations and why I want to join extracurriculars. I also know the benefits and the, the cons of uh, joining an extracurricular. How do I go about actually finding extracurriculars in university to join? Um, and both of you have like a wide variety of extracurriculars. So I was wondering if you have any specific strategies. Like for me, I was just like stumbling around and hearing cool things that people are doing. I'm wondering if you had anything more structured than that. <laughs> Corbin, do you want to start off? Sure. Um, so my strategy in in first year, actually, Catherine talked about this like a question ago or so, but... In 1A, I also did not do any extracurriculars, wanted to see what university was like, leave room for myself to adjust socially and academically. Um, But starting in 1B, I tried to just kind of join like as many and as different extracurriculars as I could. And the way that I found those was basically design teams. So you can literally just like Google the list of URLU design teams and there's all of them listed there. Also going to Clubs Day um, for more like non-technical extracurriculars. But then the other one, the other big one is just sort of hearing from friends. First year, at least as I remember it, like a lot of my friends were sort of exploring extracurriculars as well. They were getting involved in different things. And I would hear about the ones that were great experiences, maybe not so great experiences, and use that to inform my own decisions. As far as, I guess, like concrete places to look for extracurriculars, I pretty much mentioned all of the ones that I know. I I will admit that I, I don't really have any other great resources besides like that general strategy that I used of just trying things. It's okay if you try them for a term. It's much better to do that and sort of know whether you you vibe with the team and you enjoy the work that they're doing. Then you can make a decision about whether you want to commit to something or not. And, you know, it might take a couple of terms to figure that out. I was somewhat lucky, I would say, in that I, I found an extracurricular that I really enjoyed quite early, but lots of other people in my class don't necessarily have that, and they still end up getting quite involved with something a little bit later on in their uh, degree. Yeah, um, I think one, um, one good step to take 
especially if you are um, in the fall term, is just to go to Club Stay. That's, for those who don't know, it's the event, I think it's run by WUSA. Um, and they basically have like clubs and stalls for for everything that you can join. And they come and talk about like, what is the uh, what the club is and also have like sign up sheets and stuff like that. So that's a really good introduction, especially to see the breadth of things that are at UW. Like I remember seeing things like the Cheese Club and like the Smash Bros Club, like there's, there's so many different things, right? And so there's kind of that as like a really good intro. Um, and there's also a list online. So uh, something that Corbin already mentioned is just to like search online. Like literally that's the way that I found um, Chamber Choir and also acapella. They were just things that I knew I was interested in. So I just searched up like choir at University of Waterloo, literally. <laughs> and so they come up as um, as things. And I, I don't know if I would have found out about those if I hadn't just gone and searched for it myself. They they like didn't show up at, for example, at Club State. And so I definitely encourage people to go and just search for stuff online, like go on Facebook, go on on Instagram and just like Google for whatever types of extracurriculars or areas of interest that you have. Because probably, um, possibly for a lot of things, like something exists for them. And beyond that, I also um, would add like a plus one to hearing about what other people say. I think it's one thing to know that something exists, but sometimes like there's extracurriculars that are a lot more intensive than others. And some of them are maybe like they have more events or like they're more involved and have more things that you can um, get value from out of them. And so hearing about what other people say helps you to prioritize and decide like, which one should I spend my time on and which one do I, I think I'll enjoy the most or which one will I get the most value from? Yeah, both of you guys mentioned uh, Club Day. Do you guys know what's happening for fall term now since it's all virtual? I personally do not, but I hope they do something around it. <laughs> Because I think a lot of them could potentially run virtually. Yeah, yeah, that was actually super useful. Yeah, that's when I first saw Cheese Club and uh, all the other crazy extracurriculars. It's cool. <laughs> um, Catherine, uh, I actually had a really interesting question for you. Since um, you actually started your own extracurricular with Women in SE, um, and it was super interesting to see that you actually took the initiative to start these types of things. So do you want to explain how you got started, what were the challenges, and just generally how you felt about the whole process? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that Women in SC, for those who don't know, it's a, basically I, was, I would call it a community group. It's a space for anybody who is a woman or a non-binary student in the software engineering program, a place for us to come together and meet each other um, to receive like mentorship and have another community for, for people in this group. And so this actually started because back in like second year or third year, I just wanted to have events like this. Like I wanted to be able to meet other women in the program because I would hear from other people that like, oh, there's like 20% females in our program, which is really low. It's like pretty unfortunate. And it's often hard to make friends who are like you. Like a lot of my friends are male because that's just a lot of the people who are in this class, right? And so, um, yeah, I thought it was valuable to have these types of opportunities, um, especially to meet people outside of your class. I wanted to meet like upper year women in SE who I felt I could relate to and who could maybe teach me about just like anything like academics or dealing with like sexism in the class and stuff like that. So I started to run like ad hoc events. Like I think the first couple of terms that I did this, it was literally like we would ask Patrick Lamb, who was the director at the time for like pizza money. <laughs> and then he'd be like, yeah, this is cool. Let's do it. So he would literally just rent out like uh, the UW or DC Fishbowl. And then we would just invite everybody on Facebook and say like, hey, we're going to have a meet and greet, like chill time or whatever. Um, and then there were other individuals in SE who would also help. Um, so Sayin was in the 2018 class. She and I ran a couple events together. And after that, I was like, I want this to be 
a more like formal thing. And I also want there to be like an online community because it's one thing to like have this one-time event, but just from that, it's a little bit hard to kind of share resources and create a more organic form of connection between people. Um, like I didn't want to necessarily make this the only place that people could hang out and meet, right? Like my goal was to make that service like an entry point and then enable people to still have these connections and kind of like get to know other people um, outside of it. And so once SUSOC started, I turned this into like a more formal thing with like an online um, Facebook group where we could share resources and stuff like that. Um, and we also have like class reps from each of the classes. So there's somebody who's elected. Um, yeah, I, I think my goal was just to make this more of an established formal thing. The challenge with a lot of the events in, in SE before SE SOC was started, before like this group was started, was that they, they really depended on like individual people to run these. I used to even run like class dinners for my class just because I wanted to like get to know people, right? Like I wanted it to be a community of people. Um, and so I would randomly run these class dinners, which nobody really like asked me to do. I just wanted to do it. And people would come to some random restaurant. We would all hang out, right? Um, but it's actually quite a big responsibility or like a burden sometimes for people who who take initiative because once you do it a few times people kind of just expect you to do it um, and so especially for um, like as a as a minority right like that's often the challenge with people who are in these groups because they already have the challenges of being a minority plus other people kind of expect them to have to take responsibility of this um, and so I wanted to make sure that there's like a structure where it's not just individuals who probably are also busy, like who have other things going on. I want to make sure like in the future, it's not just them who have to take the initiative to run these things. Yeah, I think um, to be honest, I, I don't, I've never actually thought of it as like an extracurricular. It's more of just like a space or like a more formalized group where we can run these kinds of events and have like a dedicated group of people who are interested. Um, and nowadays we've made it a lot more open. So it's anybody who wants to participate, anybody who wants to help organize things or um, have a say in like, what the group does and like what kind of events we run, um, they have the opportunity to do that. Um, and so like, you don't have to be elected. It's just literally, we have a discord server. Everybody is welcome to join um, and everybody can participate. Um, yeah, we, we actually had a few calls like in the spring term with a lot of the people who are interested, including some of the incoming 2025 SEs, which is really exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, um, so even some of them are coming, which is awesome because um, I think it's really positive to to have them be introduced to a lot of people who already are women in SE who like have some insight and some experience with this. Um, and we're hoping to run some more interesting events in the future. Um, I found like, uh, for me personally, it was pretty difficult to try and manage this on top of Hack the North and all these other extracurriculars that I was focused on and school, of course, on top of this. And so now that there's a lot more people who are interested and want to um, contribute to this, I think that in the future, there probably will be a lot more events and I'm hoping that it'll become something that can really help this community and um, yeah, help everybody to get to know each other. Awesome, so I'm gonna throw another hypothetical in, um, for both of you. So let's say that I have now like gone to Clubs Day, I've seen all the extracurriculars, I've talked to people, I've searched things up, and now I know like, okay, I wanna go for this extracurricular, I wanna try out a few different things. What do I do now to make the most out of that extracurricular? First thing that comes to my mind is a cliche, and I feel like I end up saying this cliche a lot, so maybe it's actually a good one to keep in mind, but you really, like, you get out of an experience what you put in, right? And so if you are looking to derive the most benefit from an extracurricular, I guess, number one, you want to be a little bit more specific with what you mean, right? Like, try and actually map out the skills you're trying to improve um, or, or, or just the 
the benefits that you want, whether that's you want to meet a community, you want to network, you want to improve your leadership or your speaking skills. Maybe you want to improve your technical skills. You want to learn machine learning because you haven't seen that before. Like whatever it is, try and be a little bit more specific with what your goals are for the extracurricular. And then from there, I would say it really is just like the more time you put into it, hopefully the more you'll get out of it. That is caveated by the word hopefully. And I would say that you can sort of improve the chances of this happening by sharing your goals with like a team lead if you have that in the extracurricular and also staying on top of your own progression through those goals as well. If you find that like you've been on extracurricular for four months and you haven't really made any significant improvements in your goals, think to yourself why that might be. Maybe you should try a different extracurricular. Maybe you aren't giving the extracurricular as much time as you need to to get some of those outcomes. But to me, that's that's probably the biggest one is just be specific, define some goals, and be very purposeful uh, with your time at the extracurricular. Now, all that being said, it is also totally valid to say that one of your goals for an extracurricular is to chill out and not be purposeful with your time for once, and that's totally cool too. But, you know, assuming some more career-oriented, or I guess like like skill-oriented outcomes, uh, I've found it quite useful to be very deliberate with goals, share that with leader leadership within the club, and just sort of track progress on that actively. I don't think that's particularly insightful for like extracurriculars specifically. I think that's good in general for trying to get value out of any situation, but it certainly does apply to extracurriculars in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with what Corbin said. Ultimately, it's important for each individual to understand like, why do I want to participate in these? What's like the value for me? Um, and it doesn't have to be something that's like technical. Like it doesn't need to be a career focused value. Maybe you just want to have like a bunch of people to play Smash Bros with and that's totally cool, right? There's something wrong or inherently bad about that. Yeah, I would just suggest at the beginning of each term, especially um, think about like, what are your goals for this term? What are things that you think are interesting? And like, based on like how much time or how much effort you'd have to invest in those, does it match what your goals are? For some things, like it might be worth putting in a ton of time, even if it takes away from your extracurricular or sorry, from your academic time to spend on assignments and stuff. Right. For example, Hack the North was something that I really valued and it really helped me with like learning these skills, even if it took away some time from my academic studies. And so for that, for, for me, that was worth it. But it really depends on what you think that thing can provide to you. Yeah. And so ultimately think about like what you want. Um, if you don't know that, that's okay. Like it's totally cool to spend a term or however long you want to just like try out different things and see what they're like. Ultimately try and get as much information as you can on like, what does this involve? And like, what do, what do I learn from this? Or like how much fun can I have from this thing? And then pick from there. Now, both of you are actually leaders in Hack the North. Uh, I believe uh, you guys are co-directors. Am I, am I wrong? We're. Can you guys describe why you chose to become leaders in Hack the North and what were your motivations? So I guess for me, um, I joined Hack the North first as just an organizer on the logistics team, which basically means that you're one of the team members who helps to run and also plan what the events are. Um, so for example, I used to run a lot of the activities. Um, so things like therapy dogs, having like a cool crane machine, stuff like that. That's what I ended up doing. And I found that I really loved the the community and the environment. And I also loved that I was able to learn a lot of skills um, from that that are directly applicable to where I wanted to where I wanted to go, like career-wise. So I was able to learn like management stuff like that. Um, and so because of that, I was really interested in taking on a leadership role. Like I felt like what I saw from the leadership team was really cool and I wanted to be able to contribute more. I just really liked that team and I, I really appreciated the impact that we could make and like the opportunities that we were able to provide for people just by running this event. And so that is how, um, that's kind of why I wanted to become a co-director. I was like interested in leadership 
roles, I think since the, probably since like the middle of the term in my first year. And so the following year I became a co-director and that was, yeah, definitely a really very, very um, formative experience. To be honest, like being a co-director is a lot of what taught me how to work really well with people and how to run a team and like take ownership because ultimately you're running literally like a whole team of like 25 plus, like 30 plus people across like many different levels um, and many different like product teams as well. So it's like directly applicable to product management. What was the other part of your question again? Oh, how did you become a co-director? Right. Okay. Um, so the way that this works in Hacks and North is that the the current leadership team for a year. Um, so at that time, like the two co-directors at that time and the, the founders, they basically discuss amongst themselves um, and with maybe your team lead, like whoever worked with you closely about it. So my understanding is that they just discuss like privately and then they come to a decision based on whatever they saw from you during the year. And I think, yeah, I, I love to like contribute to everything. Like at that time, especially in my first summer, I had a lot of free time because I was um, just on co-op and I felt like, oh, I have no homework after work. And so I was just like jumping into all the cool projects and, and like investing a lot of time and just really happy to be involved. And so it was clear that I was taking a lot of initiative and stuff like that. So those things are all really good signs. Um, and those were like, I think the following year when I became a co-director co and we were deciding who the next co-director would be, that's like a lot of what I saw in Corbin. And so that's why we ended up choosing Corbin to be the next co-director. Um, and so we actually co-directed together for one year um, because it works in like a, a senior junior kind of system. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it happened. Yeah. So as far as the, the Hack the North leadership experience, um, I'll first address the question of why. I don't think I really have any more to add to how. Like that, that that's how the process worked. That's yeah, same for me. As far as why though, I think for me, the stuff that I said before about setting out some very specific goals and and sort of watching how those goals evolve throughout a term, I did that as well with Hack the North. I think like more so than other extracurriculars I had seen, those goals were like really really seemed to be internalized by my team lead, um, and and I actually made very good progress on them throughout the term. At that time, all of my goals, I think like most of my goals anyway, were technical. They were mostly technical things. I was on the front end team my first year in Hack the North. But even still, I mean, technical goals are also perfectly valid. And I just thought that I made an incredible amount of progress. And yes, that's because I put in a lot of time. But I would also say it's equally because I had a very supportive team around me. I had a team lead who cared a lot about the growth of individual team members who had just a, a very mature leadership style that I think I found to be quite unique um, to Hack the North. That's probably the biggest one. When I looked at it, I was just like, wow, I grew a lot in this past year. And like, I guess I also saw how leadership within Hack the North grew themselves. And so I could see myself growing a lot. Just like I saw a lot of potential in it, essentially. I saw a lot of potential in what I had done that past year as well as what it could become in the future. I think another important factor is just that I liked the people like on the team. Of course, you don't want to commit to an extracurricular that, that you don't, where you don't enjoy the, the social aspect of it. So I liked the team. It gave me a lot of good things as far as my own personal growth and development. And so it seemed like a, a really clear choice that this was going to benefit me the most in the long run as well. The second thing I would say is more on just sort of why I was interested in going into a leadership position in the first place. And I think on that one, you know, whether you go into leadership or not is perhaps more of a personal question. But the question of whether you should get more involved with an extracurricular is one that I'll comment on here. I think my personal experience has been that going in depth with an extracurricular essentially gives you like increasing returns, right? Like the longer you stick with something, especially if you have a good support structure around you, the more you're going to get out of it. 
And so I certainly experienced that with Hack the North. Like I, I chose to dedicate more time to it, but I also think I got a lot out, a lot more out of it because of that. So even though breadth is important, I think when you're sort of exploring what you might want to do, I think at the end of the day, depth is really important to get some of those, as Catherine said, some of those formative experiences that you'll really remember um, after you're done university. Awesome. Okay. I'm also curious, um, did you guys do any sort of uh, extracurricular stuff during co-ops? Like, Catherine, you kind of alluded to that in your answer to the previous question. Uh, how, how, like, how does, how does the extracurricular change when you're in co-op or not? So I think for me, I think I was most sort of experimental with extracurriculars when I was on campus, just because there are definitely some extracurriculars that only run when you're on campus, or at least like the non-leadership positions only run when you're on campus. So to some extent, just from a logistical standpoint, like you, you kind of have to try certain clubs when you're on an academic term, or I guess when you're on co-op, uh, if you're in like the Waterloo region. Besides that, though, I think for the clubs that I got more involved with, they tend to continue uh, even when you're on co-op. At least for like Hack the North, it certainly does. Ambassadors also does. And so for those ones, I would stay pretty much like just as involved when I was on co-op as, as during school. So I don't think too much changed in that sense. I will say that for me personally, I also, and I know this is different between different people, but for me personally, I find I have more time um, on co-op when I'm working a full-time job, apparently that's better than <laughs> better than having the work of software engineering. So I would actually, I would take those as opportunities to sort of get a lot more involved with an extracurricular, really put a lot more time into it, get to know it more, get a lot more done. And so I, I personally found a lot of benefit from continuing extracurriculars that I could uh, during co-ops as well. Yeah, for me, I think it was, um, it was mostly due to the nature of the extracurriculars that I joined. Um, Hack the North in particular is a year long term because um, the planning starts in the winter term and then the event runs in the fall term. So it's really like from February to September. Like we call it like the Hack the North baby because it's like a nine month term, right? Um, and so because of that, like you inevitably end up working on it during co-op just because of how software engineering's co-op system works. But I think, yeah, overall I found it to be a positive experience. I remember my first time joining Hack the North while I was on co-op during that one summer and I, it just felt like I had a lot of time outside of work. And so those are hours that I really felt happy like spending on something else, um, especially because sometimes if you're not in a, a location where there's a lot of other um, interns and stuff like that around you, it can sometimes be isolating. And so I found that joining Hack the North and having kind of like a built-in online community um, of people who like wanted to get to know each other, who were like constantly like meeting and discussing things and like uh, making plans and stuff. That was a really um, positive thing during that term. And so I really enjoyed having it during co-op. Unfortunately, that ne won't necessarily apply for like, I think the majority of extracurriculars probably, a lot of them tend to be on campus, right? So like singing groups and stuff like that, they're usually, they're all in person. And so that is an unfortunate limitation, which may or may not change next term. We'll see. Um, but back when people could be in the same room together, that was uh, kind of like the status quo um, for a lot of things. And I think if you have the opportunity to join an extracurricular while you're, let's say, on co-op in Waterloo, I think that's a, a good opportunity as well. Um, it's really ultimately about like, I have this time, this term, how, how do I want to spend it? And um, if there's opportunities that match with like the time that you have available, I think it's a, a good way to also get involved. You don't have to be during, you don't have to be doing them during school. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have one last question before we end off this podcast. Um, and that is, you guys are both, well, Catherine, you've graduated, and Corbin, you're close to graduating. Um, do you guys have any plans on continuing activities or extracurriculars outside of full-time work? Or 
what are your thoughts on that? I think this question is probably somewhat dependent on the extracurricular as well. Although I would imagine most extracurriculars are probably quite all right with continuing support from alumni. So I, I personally do plan on staying involved um, even after I graduate to some extent, right? Like probably not the same as, as I was giving, uh, the same amount of time as I was giving when I was a student. But I guess my reasoning for doing this is just that one of the biggest things that I got out of the extracurriculars that I've been a part of is sort of like the mentorship that you receive from upper years and just the, the amount of care that people put into the organization and the experience of the people within it. And so that's something that benefited me massively and was the reason I stuck around for so long and the reason I got so much out of these experiences. And so I feel obligated, I guess, isn't a great word because that makes it sound like a bad thing. I'm looking forward to helping create that experience for sort of like the next generation of students as well. And so I think extracurriculars are, are a great way to try and provide that as an alumni to keep in touch with like lower year students who are just coming into university or sort of like midway through or even graduating and helping them with some of the same struggles that you went through. Yeah, I think I still plan to do extracurriculars in, uh, in like the most general sense of the word, I guess, like stuff outside of your main um, responsibilities. So um, I guess for Hawk North in particular, um, we the community there has a really good um, history of having a lot of alum be involved, like on our Slack um, org Every single day, there's still like alum who are chatting, sharing random resources, just like participating in the community. Like we have like a skincare channel, right? And like very frequently, random alum will come and be like, hey, what skincare are you guys using, right? And so just being involved in that way, I think is something that I plan to do. Um, and in particular, because both of us were co-directors, we also help to advise the team now. So even if we're graduating, like the founders who graduated several years ago or who like dropped out, right? They are still involved and they still advise the team um, and also attend the event to make sure that they're around to like help support however they can. Hack the North is the main extracurricular and um, also women in SE. Those are the main things that I see myself contributing to afterwards. Um, but I think extracurricular or like outside of work things in general, I still plan to do stuff outside of um, full-time work. I think one thing in particular is the theme of music. That's something that I always want to be a part of my life. And yeah, so once I move, I'm hoping to still find like musical communities or groups that I can contribute to, um, whether they're singing or otherwise. Um, and also just having other other things like um, contributing to communities is something that's important to me. So I still have to figure out um, all about that. I don't quite know what that's going to look like, but um, I think that contributing to these things where I can help to shape something that's not just like a sheer like responsibility or kind of dedication for work, it's something that makes me really happy. And so I think that the attitude of like joining extracurriculars is something that I value a lot and will continue for a while. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, that was the last question. So thank you both for just joining me on this podcast. I learned quite a lot. It was a lot of useful and insightful advice. And I hope that anyone that's listening to this also got something out of it. I'll see you next time on Sessions by SE.